0: We are in week three of our series, The Blessed Life. And I'm glad you're here today because this is probably the most important section or part of this whole series. If you've been here for the other ones, I'm glad you're here again. If you haven't been to any other ones, don't just say, oh, wow, I got the most important one. I'm not coming back. No, you need to hear them all. But today's is particularly very significant. And the title of today's preaching is the principle of firsts, the principle of first. We need to place God first and number one in our life. And if you put God first in your life, everything else will fall into place. Now, I want you to understand, I'm not saying everything is going to go fine. Everything's going to fall into place. Jesus himself said that in this world, you will have tribulation. But have peace, I've overcome the world. So you're going to face circumstances. I'm going to face circumstances. I'd rather face them, having God first in my life, than not. Because when you have him first, everything else will fall into place. So we're going to start this morning in the book of Exodus, second book of the Bible. The book of Exodus, chapter 13. Book of Exodus, chapter number 13. And we're going to begin reading in verse number one. And this is, again, the principle of first. And it says here, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, consecrate. The word consecrate means to set apart. Consecrate, set apart to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, is mine. Now, that is mine there is a very emphatic, like very powerful. I mean, just saying the words is mine almost doesn't do it justice. God is reminding the children of Israel, whatever comes, whatever opens the womb, whatever it be animal or human, it's mine. The firstborn is mine. If you scroll down to verse number 11, I'm sorry, verse number 12, it says, you shall set apart to the Lord, all that open the womb. That is every firstborn that comes from an animal, which you have, the males shall be. Again, it is mine. The males shall be the Lord's, but every firstborn of a donkey, you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you shall not redeem it, then you shall break its neck and all the firstborn of man among your sons shall be redeemed. You shall redeem. One more time, verse number 13. Every firstborn of a donkey, you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck and all the firstborn of men among your sons you shall redeem. Now, the first point that I want to make this morning is this. The first fruits, the firstborn, you must either sacrifice or redeem. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. And it's giving an example here and you look and you say, well, what does it mean? What should be sacrificed? What should be redeemed? And it gives two examples. It gives here a donkey, right? It says the very firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb and the lamb you shall sacrifice. It says if you choose not to redeem it, you have to do what? Break its neck. In other words, and we're going to tie this to the tithe in just a minute either you bring it to God or you lose it. Any which way, it's not yours. So what they told them, you either need to redeem it or you break its neck. At the end of the day, it's not yours. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. So let's talk about this for a second because it gives two examples. It gives a donkey and it gives a lamb. A donkey was an example of an unclean or impure animal, And the lamb was an example of a clean animal. So let's talk about this for a second, how it applies to us. So the donkey, unclean, the lamb, clean. You and I, the human race, this human species, are we born clean or unclean? Unclean. Unclean. We're born unclean. I mean, just ask any parent in the room today. Did any of you have to teach your children to do what was wrong? Anyway, no. We are born unclean, sin nature. And unclean must be what? Redeemed. Now, Jesus was born clean or unclean? Clean. And John the Baptist, when Jesus came to be baptized and the heavens opened, what did John the Baptist say? Here comes the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus, the Lamb, redeemed us unclean that we might be clean before the Lord. Jesus was God's tithe. Jesus was God's tithe. And I can say that because the tithe comes first. God gave Jesus while we were still sinners. The Bible says in the book of Romans, while we were yet sinners, God gave his son. What did he do? He redeemed us through Jesus and the sacrifice on the cross to redeem us. And when it comes to us and us of giving unto God, we need to understand, like we talked about last week, the fact that the tithe is God's, we must separate it for him and bring it unto him because it's his, not ours. If you look at Proverbs chapter three for a moment and stay here in Exodus, leave a marker on your Bible or whatnot because we're going to come back to it. But if you look at Proverbs chapter number three, Proverbs chapter three. And as you look it up, I want to remind you something. The book of Proverbs was written hundreds of years after the Mosaic law. There's a lot of people that talk about the tithe that it's Old Testament or under the law. This that we're going to read was written hundreds of years after. Verse number nine says, honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. One more time. Honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Here's the second point. Your first fruits must be offered all of your increase your first fruits must be offered and we're using some pretty poignant hard vernacular here must be why because that's what the scripture says and today's teaching even though I said it's probably the most important of the series is probably one of the most direct and hard parts of this series Because it's something that deals with our heart. And we have to understand something. The first portion redeems the rest. The first portion redeems the rest. Going back to Jesus. He was given by God for us before we came to him. And to piggyback on it, if we go to Exodus chapter 26, Exodus chapter number 26. Ah, thank you. I said 26 is 23. See, you be paying attention to first service. 23 verse 19. The first of the first fruits of your land. Did you catch that? The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat into mother's milk. But let's focus on that part there. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of your God. First thing in there, the first of the first fruits. And you shall bring... Do you notice it says bring to the house of God and not give to the house of God? And when we read in Malachi chapter 3 last week, it talked about bring your tithe into the storehouse. Do you know why it uses bring and not give? Because you cannot give what isn't yours. Amen. And that beginning, that first of the first fruit, it belongs to God. God says it is mine. The first fruits must be offered. Now, if you've heard the story of Cain and Abel, if you're familiar with the story of Cain and Abel, you know that Cain ends up killing his brother Abel. It's in Genesis chapter 4. And he kills his brother Abel out of jealousy because God accepted Abel's gift and not his. And a lot of times people talk about this and they ask this question, well, why did God accept Abel's and not Cain's? Have any of you ever thought that before in here? Right? If we're honest, if you've read that story, why? Let's read it. Go to Genesis chapter 4. It's clear as day when you understand what we're talking about this morning. Genesis chapter 4, verse number 5, number or number 3. And in the process of time... It came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the first, of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. He was a farmer, so he brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but did not respect Cain and his offering, And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. A couple of things. Number one, when you're bringing God the tithe, he's not only receiving your tithe, he's also accepting or receiving you. And if you notice there, when it talks about Cain, and and by the way, this is about 2,500 years before the law. So that's why we talked about last week that the tithe predates the law and it's after the law. It is a principle that goes all throughout the scripture. Okay? Look at the verse one more time. In the process of time. When you look at that word, it means at the end of the days, at the end of harvest season. Cain brought of the fruit. He brought of what he had left over to God and he didn't accept it. Abel, on the other hand, brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat. He brought the firstborn. Do you know why God wants the first? Because the tithe has to be tied to faith. God doesn't say, get your 10 lambs, and after you have ten, give me one and it's okay. You can get the one that always gets into other parts of the vineyard and messes things up for you. Now, as a matter of fact, Malachi says, you can't bring it if it's blind. You can't bring it if it's lame. You can't bring it if it has any defect. God wants the first because it is a faith thing that you are giving to him first before it gives any other animals, trusting that his provision is going to bring the blessing. It's a faith thing, which is why you do it first. If you look in the book of Joshua, chapter six and seven, and you can read this later with with more calmness and just in your house, read it, Joshua six and seven. This is when Joshua and the children of Israel conquer the city of Jericho. Many people have heard that story, right? They go to the city of Jericho. They walk around the walls one time a day for seven days. On the last day, they walk around it seven times. They make a giant shout and the walls come tumbling down. It's an amazing story of what God did and his power. And God tells the children of Israel, all of the gold, all of the silver, everything of value You need to bring it to the house of the Lord. You need to bring it to me. He didn't require a tithe of Jericho, nor did he say, after you conquer 10 cities, give me a tithe. He said, give me the first one and the rest of them are yours. But if you look at the end of that in chapter seven, right at the beginning, it talks about somebody named Achan. Achan decided to keep some of the gold, to keep some of the things and keep it in his house. And you know what happened? Keeping that brought a curse. Why? There's only two things that you can do with your tithe. You can bring it to God or you can steal it from God. Those are the only two things biblically you can do with your first 10. Bring it to God or steal it from God. According to scripture. So Achan had kept it. You know what happened when they went to the next city, the city of Ai? They lost. The children of Israel were defeated by a smaller place, weaker people. And Joshua cried out to God and said, why? And God said, because you have robbed me and it brought a curse. And they had to go get Achan and his family and displace them, get rid of them in order to get right with God. What happens when you steal God's tithe, it brings a curse to you. And tithing is a thing of faith, believing, trusting in God that 90% blessed is better than 100% cursed. 90% blessed is better than 100% cursed. So the first thing, once again, your firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. The first fruits must be offered, and then, as you talk about the first fruits being offered, and this Cain and Abel, and you ask, "Well, but God, why didn't God?" Here's the thing. Here's the reason. God could not accept it. Why? Because God can't change. Do you know that there are certain things God cannot do? there's certain things God cannot do. And one of those things is that he cannot change because if God were able to change, you're saying that he can get better and God cannot get better because he's already perfect. When you think about or talk about this in theology, it is called the immunability of God. Immunability of God, he cannot change. He said it in Malachi chapter three, I am the Lord your God, I do not change change. Here's another thing God cannot do. God cannot think. What are you talking about? There's a verse that says that his thoughts are higher. It proves this point. God has never been roaming around heaven and say, man, it just occurred to me that I could do this. He's never been there. Somebody says something. He's like, oh, my self. He's not going to say, oh, my God, right? <laughs> oh, my self. So- no. God is omniscient, omni-science, all-knowing. He knows everything. And the other reason he could not accept it is because God cannot be second. That is called the preeminence of God. Before everything was, God was. That is he's preeminence. And here's a little news flash. Even if you don't put God first in your life, it doesn't stop him from being number one, which is why he couldn't accept Cain's offering because he cannot change. Again, I know this is a harsh topic, but my job as a pastor is to ensure that you're walking in God's best and God's blessings. And the third point that I want to talk about this morning is the fact that the tithe must be first. It must be first. Look what the scripture says. Go to Leviticus chapter 27. Leviticus chapter 27, verse number 30. The tithe must be first. Leviticus 27, 30. And all the tithe of the land whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, here it is again, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. It is his. It must be brought to him because it is his. Now, I want to give you a little example, an illustration, and I need a volunteer. Uh, Al, can I borrow you a minute? And it, I'll forgive you for wearing a Patriot shirt. All right. all right, we love you anyways. Love you. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so for this example, we're gonna pretend that you own a landscaping business. Okay? And so I call you one day and I'm like, Al, I want you to come by the house. I need you to give me an estimate. I want you to plant some trees, some flowers and different things. Let, let's make it more realistic. Al, Patty wants you to come by the house. <laughs> <laughs> she wants some trees. And the different things. So you come, you look at it, you look at the estimate, you're like, all right, pastor, um, the trees, the plants, the materials is X amount of money. And my labor is 500 bucks. Now I want to make the distinction. Why? Because we tithe on our increase. We tithe on our income. So there's the distinction. It's not, a, I'm not on the materials part. You're tithing on what I'm paying your hand. So you tell me it's 500 bucks. I'm like, all right, perfect. So. You do the work and I come and, and, and I go to pay you. It's not real money, right? we are going to pay you, put your hands out there for you. So I'm it off, all right, it's 500 bucks. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, $500, $10, 50 bills. So I'm gonna ask you guys two questions. Here's the first question. How much is the tithe on 500? $50. 50, you guys are good. You're on point. Some of you are still trying to carry the one. Exact zero, whatever. <laughs> Now here's the best, here's the better question. Right? Lay them all out, lay them out. Here's the question now. Which one is the tithe? Which one is the tithe? Some people said the first one, the first one I gave him. He let's look at it simple. I heard somebody say, you already read the book, good job. <laughs> the first one that leaves his hand, that's the tithe. If you get paid and you say, yeah. Here's the mortgage, this is the car, this is the groceries, credit cards. Oh, and here's God's. Nope. You may be tithing, but not walking in the blessing of it. You're being obedient. You're, thank you, you said it right. You're being obedient, but not walking in the fullness of the blessing. You can keep that, yeah, you can keep it. <laughs> you can be doing it without walking in the blessing. You know what happens to a majority of Christians? They say, this is for the mortgage, this is for this Is that. Oh, man, I don't have any left over to tithe. Let me tell you something. God wouldn't accept it anyways. He wouldn't accept it anyways because he doesn't accept leftovers. The tithe must be first. It is the principle that you're truly putting God first in everything that you do. And that's where the blessing comes. Again, I know this is hard and to the point. When the Blessed Life book was written, one of the latest studies that had come out on on giving within the church was in 1998. And the example that he gives on that, when he says that when they looked it up, it said that of all the income between all the Christians in the world, okay, what was given or brought as the tithe was 1.8%. Okay? So, what he was like, man, this must be that they're not taking into account third world countries and other countries of fries from the US. The US is the richest country in the world. Our numbers must be better. When they separated the US from the rest of the world, the US gave 1.7%. And then we wonder why well, we're not walking in God's blessings. You give to Him first. Not give, sorry, I used the wrong word. You bring to Him what's His first. And He stretches the rest. Does it mean that you're going to automatically have all this medicine? No, no, no. God can stretch it in so many different ways. Can I give you an example in my life? Okay. I preach constantly. The fact that if you're married, you must continue to date your spouse. How many of you heard me say that before? I say it all the time. My wife and I weekly go on at least one date, sometimes more if we can. It doesn't mean it has to cost you money. Sometimes a date can simply be that we went and rented a movie and then sat at the house and watched it or just sat at the house on the couch and spoke to each other, right? It doesn't have to be. But my wife and I like to go out and our current favorite restaurant, it's in the Gables. It's a restaurant named Marouche, okay? It's a Lebanese cuisine. It is amazing. I would tell, And I'm not getting paid for this, as then you guys know. It is the best chicken I have ever had. They have a, a chicken dish called uh, pollo ala, al carbón, chicken uh, on charcoal. It's, it's grilled. It is the best by far chicken I've had in any restaurant anywhere I've eaten. I've eaten a lot of chicken in many different places, okay? But to be honest with you, it is not within our budget to go there every week. Because that amazing chicken cost $24. So it's not in the budget. But I am a tither and have been since I was a little kid. So you know what God does? She got an email the other day from restaurant.com because we buy certificates on restaurant.com. And it said, special offer on Marouche. $25 gift certificate. You know for how much? Two bucks. $2 for a $25 certificate. Wow, let's buy one. I was like, no, 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 how many, what's the limit? <laughs> she put that in a letter, by four. All right, perfect, buy the four. That's eight bucks for $100 worth of the restaurant, right? I said, All right now log out and log back in. Does it let you do it again? <laughs> and she was able to buy another four. So for sixteen dollars, we bought two hundred dollars worth of the certificate from this restaurant. Guess what? We can go on more dates to Marooch. <laughs> because our fifty-dollar meal with tax and tip and everything, it's fifty bucks minus twenty-five plus it to the end, it cost me twenty-seven dollars. That is God. Stretching. What I kept, because I put him first. Like that one, I can give you a ton of different examples. I mean, we were sitting talking about God's blessings in our lives. Look, I, I, I can't. I don't know any. I don't. I don't know anybody else who this has happened to. Okay. My father introduced my daughters to American Girl. God bless you, Dad. I love you. Oh, you're over there, So. My daughters like American Girl. And when my wife went to the store without me, because she was going to go buy these dolls, she went and we had said, all right, you you can spend X amount, each doll. If you don't know, they're like $125 or whatever it is in the thing. So she goes, she grabs all the dolls, she got things. She goes to pay at the register. And you know what the lady at the register says to her? Oh look, the person that paid before you is from another country and they had done everything with gift cards and they left me these gift cards behind to just give it to somebody else. So I'm gonna use them for you. And Patty's like, okay, cool. She's expecting like 25 bucks. You know how much money was on the gift card? $300. <laughs> and those didn't cost me a penny! Yeah! Right? And like that one, man, I can give you testimony after testimony Of walking in the favor and blessing. Do you know why? Because what did Malachi chapter 3 say? That when you bring it to God, right? It says that he will rebuke the devourer. He will rebuke the devourer. And your trees will not be sterile. They will produce fruit. So when you are putting God in the place that he's supposed to be in your life and you are separating for him first, what is already his, 90% blessed is a whole lot better than 100% cursed. I'm going to give you another one. Can I give you another testimony? Okay. Some of you have heard this one. Have you already heard it? Just hear it again. (laughs) Several years ago, after we finished an activity here with young people, my wife went to drop one of them off at home, and she realized as she moved that she scratched her face. And her scratching her face made her look down and realize that the diamond on her engagement ring was missing. So she calls me and says, I lost the diamond on my ring, okay, and I'm like, okay, yeah, all right." So we started to proceed, go through all the steps. All right, what do we do today? We had gone ice skating at Kendo Ice Arena with the teenagers of our church. So I called Kendo Ice Arena. I'm like, hey, guys, uh, when, when you run the zamboni through the ice, you all, you all find stuff? like, yeah, we find stuff. Like, okay, my wife lost her diamond. Oh, the ring? No, 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 just the diamond. And they're like, okay. I was like, well, if you find it, come back. Here's my phone number. Here's my thing. We had gone to the Pizza Hut with all the kids. Went to Pizza Hut, nothing. Called Pizza Hut. And I told them, let's pray. Because God's going to do what? Rebuke the devourer. So we get home. Abigail was about a year and a half at that time, two. And she's, we're putting her down in her, from her crib to, to take a nap. And when she wakes up, we're talking or whatever. And all of a sudden, because I'm asking her, did you hit yourself? Did anything happen? And Abigail in her crib says, Mommy, when you were putting me in the car, you hit your hand. You know what I did? I jumped in the car and drove to Kendall Ice Arena went to the spot where Patty had parked, and within five seconds when I got out of the car, I found her diamond in the parking lot. Her diamond. Oh, that's because God loves you. No, it's because what is mine is blessed because I brought to God what was his. Because he will rebuke the devourer. Because it is a principle that proceeds throughout the entire length of Scripture. And then, I told you we're going to go back to Exodus 13. Go back to Exodus 13. Look at what it says there. Look at what God says to them afterwards. Exodus 13, verse number 14 and 15. Are you there? Watch. So it shall be when your son asks you in the time to come, saying, What is this? that you shall say to him, by strength of hand of the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but all the firstborns of my sons, I redeem. Let me give this to you in 2019 situation. You're a cattle rancher. And you want something better for your son. So you send them off to college. He goes to get a business degree to come back and run your your ranch more profitably, right? So your son comes back. He's got his degree. You look at him and say, son, I'm so proud of you. You're doing a great job. It's time for me to hand over all the accounting, all of the books. I'm passing it on to you. You're going to be in charge of this now. Let's put this degree to use. So the son's, all right, dad. So dad starts doing other things within the ranch and the son starts analyzing all the things and dad comes back in from the fields and he's like, hey, dad, I, I need to talk to you. The dad's like, all right, what's what's up? He's like, you may not notice or may not remember, but we're in the cattle business. We sell live cattle. And I'm noticing that for years, whenever one of our... Animals gives birth to a male. That first time that cattle gives birth, you kill the animal. And by my account, this year, you've killed 72. We're in this to make money. He says, no, son, I need to understand, I need you to understand something. I wasn't always a cattle farmer. I wasn't always a rancher. There was a time when I was a slave and we didn't have anything, but God gave us everything that you see and he says that that first one is his, so I always bring it to him first and that's why he's blessed all the other ones afterwards. We need to then teach this to our children. It's never too early Alexandra wasn't woke up not feeling well this morning, so she's actually sitting here today. And what's the first thing that we do whenever she has an increase? She's given something by a grandparent, birthday or whatever, we ask her, Alexandra, what's the tithe? And for her, I've already seen it. Like sometimes she'll bring, she'll pull money out of her piggy bank and put it in an envelope and write her stuff on it. I had somebody who counts the, the stuff of the church coming and like, Alexander knocked on the door to give me her thing. And I looked at it and it, was, it said $10. I was like, wow! She's going to walk in more blessing than I did. Because she learned it as a six year old. I came to Christ as an eight year old. We need to teach it to them. No, 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 no. This isn't about clapping, it's biblical truth. And as a matter of fact, if your kids come to our children's ministry, they're going to be taught the principle of tithing in two weeks. Why? Because I want your children to be more blessed than you. I want all of you to be blessed, but I want your children to be more blessed and your grandchildren to be blessed more than your children and your great-grandchildren to be blessed more than your grandchildren and your children. Why? Because they understand that they bring to God what is His. So let me tell you how it works for me or how it's worked for me in the past, right? I get paid twice a month. So since I work from church, when I would get my check, I automatically, out of my book bags, I always have my checkbook in my book bag, I pull out my checkbook, and I write my tithe, put it in an envelope, and go put it in the little offering basket that's over there. The first check that I write, once I get paid, is my tithe check now that we're using the app and you can set up your bank account on the app i can do it on the app as soon as i go into my bank and i make my deposit i open the app and i make my tithe because i want the first thing that i do with my increase is bring back to god what's his now this isn't legalism what do i mean by that you got paid through direct deposit and you didn't realize, you didn't remember it was the 15th when you got paid and, and whatever. And you went out to do something because you had an early morning. You get back home and your spouse already went to Publix and bought groceries with a debit card. Oh my gosh, Publix got my tithe. That's it, honey. We're cursed. No, God is checking your heart. God's checking your heart. Last week, we talked about the, t- the title last week was what test is the test that every Christian faces every time they get paid. And again, I'm not preaching this because we need your money or want your money. I want you to be blessed. My mortgage is held by BB&T. BB&T does not have the power to bless me or redeem my finances like God can. So it's giving to God, bringing to God what is his, and then he redeems it. Why? Because again, the first redeems the rest. So let's hit these three things one more time. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. The first fruits must be offered. And the tithe must be first. And that's when you can then, like it said in Malachi, test me now in this. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you. Church, it's the principle of first, the principle of first.